Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I am Dorenda Wilson and I am thankful that you're here today. Some of you might be new listeners and might know nothing about me. So I always like to let people know that I'm married to Daryl and we've been married for 32 years. We have eight kids, five boys and three girls, and we have seven grandkids and we've been homeschooling for over 26 years. Today, I wanna share something that's a little bit different than what I normally do. I wanted to talk to you briefly about the four-hour school day, and, and here's why. Because most of the reviews that I've gotten have been just fantastic, fabulous reviews. But there's always a few negative reviews because you know that's just the nature of publishing a book. And the main, basically the only um, criticism that I've gotten is the fact that I don't tell people how to homeschool four hours a day or less. So just a little reminder for those of you who maybe haven't or have read the book um, and to those of you who haven't read the book, here's what I want to say. First of all, I do share what homeschooling for four hours or less a day looked like for our family. So I do give examples there of what it looked like for us. Here's the deal. I can't tell you what it's going to look like for you because at the end of the day, what I'm sharing are principles. What I'm sharing are the reasons why it doesn't have to take you more than four hours a day. Um, and when I say four hours a day, I'm talking four hours for my high schoolers, my kindergartners, first graders, you know, we're talking zero to 15 minutes or 30 minutes, depending on the kid. So it was sort of like this sliding scale where it started out far, you know, next to nothing in the beginning and slowly built from there. And that's one of the main premises of the book is just to take sort of an unhurried approach. And that unhurried approach that we start with in the beginning sort of evolves into this lifestyle that allows even our high schoolers to have margin in their days, to have time to pursue their interests, their hobbies, their passions, because those are every bit as important, probably more important than the other things at the end of the day. And I can say this because most of my kids are adults now, and they have told me this. As adults, having, you know, gotten well established in their lives as adults and in their careers and the jobs that they're doing right now, they say the soft skills that they learned and the, and the advantages that they felt like they had was the fact that we encourage lifelong learning. And so they're constantly still as adults continuing to learn. And, and sometimes that's hobbies and other areas of interest, but a lot of times it has to do with the career that they've ended up in. And I'll give you an example. Our son, Jake, is a software engineer and he works for Amazon. And one of the things that is causing him to move forward quite quickly in his position there and to really be finding favor in the site of his boss and his, uh, the people who are above him and even his coworkers. But the thing that's moving him forward is yes, 
He does know a lot about coding. Part of that is because he's continually been teaching himself and challenging himself more and more and more. That's been his initiative. It's been his his motivation. I mean, that it's been him that has he that has been self motivated to do this. And I and I believe it's because learning was something that was valued in our home. It wasn't forced. It was something that we allowed to happen naturally. And of course, there's guidance and there's encouragement and there's you know a lot of things we do as parents along the way. But at the end of the day, um, they became lifelong learners because we didn't shove a bunch of things down their throat. We did not make them learn a bunch of things that we didn't feel like were necessary, um, but instead really tried to stay focused on um, the basics and giving them the freedom to pursue their interests and hobbies and all of that. But what's getting Jake where he is headed now and 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 likewise with all the rest of our children is what I mentioned before, self-motivated, lifelong learners, but also the fact that they are good communicators. They know how to have healthy relationships. They know how to communicate in a healthy way. They have respect for their superiors and respect for their fellow coworkers. Um, all of these things are things they learned at home doing chores and living life as a family alongside of one another. So really what I share in the four-hour school day is not how exactly to homeschool in four hours or less a day. Because like I said before, I can't do that. I would be presumptuous and prideful to assume that I could tell you exactly how to homeschool your kids. I would be presuming upon a position that is not mine. It's yours. I wasn't called to homeschool your kids. That's your role. It's your position. You are the only one with the authority and the right and the right information to do that. I don't know your kids like you do. Now I can share with you the thoughts and realizations that I've had when it comes to what education really is, which I do in the book. I can share what I've observed over my many years of parenting and homeschooling. I can help examine our preconceived ideas about education and how a truly robust education is really about so much more than book work. I can share what worked for our family and why I think it was beneficial. I can help you see the big picture and why it's important to plan with the end in mind. I can share what that looked like for our family. But what I can't do is tell you exactly what you need, what your kids need, okay? That's you, parent. That is your wonderful privilege and responsibility. But one thing that I felt was very important to help facilitate that as I wrote the four-hour school day is to really strongly affirm your crucial role in your children's lives. The, t- the school system has basically systematically undermined the role of parents in their children's lives. And at the end of the day, I want to have the biggest influence on my children. And I think that's what you want as well. You want to pass on your faith. You want to pass on your values to your kids. You want to be the one to have that influence on your children. And you should be because that is your calling as a parent. But the amount of time that's spent in public school 
does not really allow us to fully do that. And that's one thing my husband and I realized from the beginning is that we didn't think we could do our job well if we were sending our children away for eight hours a day, five days a week, not having really any idea what they were really learning, what they were really experiencing, and not being able to be the ones to help them process the bad things that happened, the questionable things that happened, the questionable things that are may have been taught. We have no idea to revi- how to revisit that. There's no way we can revisit all of that every day and undo um, whatever might have happened that day because our children might not share that with us. They may forget about it. They may not be able to developmentally cope with it or verbalize it to us. And therefore, we would never be able to address it biblically. And so that's why my husband and I said, there's no way we can do the kind of job we want to do with our kids if they're gone away from us that many hours a week. And so that's something that I really affirm in the four-hour school day because, again, it's very, very important. It's very crucial. It's very I just felt like I needed to put words to some things that I think we all kind of know down deep in our parenting gut. We just need someone to put the words to it. And so that's what I tried to do in the four-hour school day. You know, at the end of the day, God's mandate in raising children is to the parents. It's not to the teachers or the school board or the government or the NEA. It is our responsibility as parents. And I wanted to share that in the book while at the same time affirming that the very fact that God has given you this role in your children's lives um, is evidence and confirmation that he is going to equip you along the way to do the job. And so you don't need to be afraid of home education. You don't need to be afraid of being responsible for your kids' education because at the end of the day, you are still ultimately responsible no matter where you send your children, whether you keep them home or send them to school. As a parent before the Lord, you are accountable for everything they're learning and what they're experiencing because you have given permission to for all of that to happen by handing them off to the, uh, to the school. And so once we, I think, realize that, I think it's really, um, I know it was convicting for me to say, you know what, if, if I'm going to be responsible for it, then I need to have the authority to do what I'm respond to fulfill my responsibilities. And so this is what I share in the four hour school day, along with tons of affirmation as to why you really are the best person person, people, parents are the best people to facilitate their kids' education. And and there is affirmation in there repeatedly. So at the end of the day, I cannot tell you exactly how to homeschool your kids in four hours or less a day. I can can guarantee that it's it's definitely doable. And that's really what I wanted. And in giving the title to the book, um, I knew that there would be a lot of parents out there, even some who are already homeschooling, but a lot of parents who weren't homeschooling yet or who were considering it. And one of the main reasons that they weren't doing it is because they thought it was going to take them all day. So whenever you title a book, you need to title it something that's going to get the attention of, um, of an audience. And so 
I wanted to reach um, an audience that I really hadn't reached out to before. Um, I mainly in the past have spoken to um, parents who have already made the decision to homeschool and just continue to affirm that decision and encourage it. But like I said, I really wanted to reach those parents who were feeling the nudge, but had that myth um, in their minds as an obstacle. It was kind of keeping them from making the decision. Um, that it, ha- you know, that myth that it has to take all day. And I talk about some other myths as well, like socialization and things like that in the book. Um, but again, the title was really meant to um, just get people's attention. You know, that's really, like I said, what a title is for. And honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't like the title to start with because I was afraid that parents would think that I was going to tell them exactly how to do it. Um, But again, like I mentioned before, I can share the principles with you, but the methods are up to you as to what they look like. And that's true in not just home education, but in every area of our lives. Um, As believers, you know, when, when the Bible says to practice modesty, well, I can't tell you what that looks like exactly for you. I have to trust in your relationship with the Lord to know his word, to listen to his voice, and to not make a bunch of uh, what I would call fence laws up to keep you from uh, making the mistake of not um, adhering to that, that principle, which is to dress modestly, right? Actually, my daughter and I, my 19-year-old daughter and I did a podcast on this a while back. Um, She talked about her journey uh, when it comes to modesty. And so I'd encourage you to go listen to that um, if you have some uh, young uh, if you have some daughters who are teenagers or preteens or even, you know, a little younger than that, could certainly listen into that. And I'll include the link in the podcast notes. Um, but my point here is there are a lot of uh, principles in God's word. Um, and we are all um, trying to walk out those principles Um but we have to, but it's going to look a little different for each of us. Uh, let's, let me give another example. So let's just say, um, let's talk about another principle. So there's modesty. Uh, let me think. Um, oh my goodness. There's just so many. Um, parenting. Okay, let's talk about parenting for a minute. Okay. We know that we want to teach our kids to be other oriented. Well, my kid is not exactly like your kid. And so what the methods that I'm going to use, that the Lord is going to lead me to use along the way to teach my child what it looks like to be other-oriented, to be selfless and kind and loving and all of that, my method, the method that I use that the Lord leads me to use is quite possibly going to look either somewhat different or very different than your method. But the goal is the same. The principle we're shooting for is the same. That's the common ground. We can give each other ideas. We can be creative about um, our approaches. And maybe we share that with others and it helps them be creative. Maybe they're not going to copy us exactly, but we go, oh, we listen to what they've done. And they're like, oh, I never thought of that. And all of a sudden we start to become more creative about the methods that we're going to use to move towards uh, that principle. And so uh, like teaching math, okay, how my child ends up learning all the basics of math could look very different than how your child does. Maybe your child needs to do something hands-on. Maybe my child needs to listen um, 
to songs to learn their multiplication. Um, Maybe your child needs to actually do something with their hands to learn the concept um, behind multiplication. So at the end of the day, again, I can share principles, but I cannot and I should not ever force my methods on you. Um, I share what we did. I share our experience because that was our experience. It's all I know is to speak from the experience that I have. And that's what I do in the four-hour school day in hopes that you will begin to realize um, the kind of freedom that you have in homeschooling and the kind of flexibility that you have and how uh, really just how much you can relax and enjoy this process. I know that there are pieces of it that are challenging. There are parts that are hard, and I share some of those experiences that we had in our own family in the book. But at the end of the day, um, I really believe that we want to look back at our journey and our time spent with our kids um, as we've raised them, as we've home educated them. We want to look back um, and we want to just know that we, we enjoyed our kids. Like that was the rule, not the exception. I wouldn't, I never wanted to look back and think, oh my gosh, I was so wound up. I was so uptight that I never actually enjoyed my kids. And now they're grown and they're gone. And I can't go back and redo that. And that's really another facet to me writing the book is I want you parents to just, just hunker down and love your kids and enjoy them. And you know, yes, sometimes we, we definitely have to discipline our kids. We definitely have challenges when it comes to, you know, certain parts of their learning and all of that. But at the end of the day, can I just say this? God is so faithful. And the point of the four-hour school day is God will equip you to do what he's called you to do. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And that doesn't mean that... Um, Things are never hard and it's never hard work, but there's an underlying peace that you can have as you walk this out and fully trust the Lord as you move forward in your homeschooling journey. I wanted you to move forward with confidence, with joy, and to just eke as much um, beauty out of this journey as you possibly could. So um, that's just me sharing my heart about the four-hour school day, why it was titled, what it was titled, um, just because I, I feel like, um, you know, you're, you're my friends and uh, you're my audience, my listeners, and um, I always want you to know what my heart is. And So I appreciate all the wonderful encouragement you all have been sending me in terms of the book, um, The 4-Hour School Day, but also Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, the devotional that I wrote for homeschool moms, and then um, The Unhurried Homeschooler, which has been out for um, five years now, and it just is still going strong. And I'm so thankful. It's something that only God can do. And can I just say this? I I did have The 4-Hour School Day published by a publishing company. But at the end of the day, the people who really get the book out are the moms. There are the homeschooling families, and that's really what I depend on. Um, I depend on the Lord to move on your hearts to share as he leads. And so thank you for doing that. I ask that you would just continue to do that. Um, 
use these books to encourage um, other families. There's so many new families out there who are have decided to homeschool. Many of them never thought they would be. Um, and so as homeschoolers, we can really be a support and an encouragement to them as we, um, as we give them words of encouragement, we share our hearts with them, we listen to their struggles, we pray with them, we give them tools. And hopefully, um, you know, maybe some of my books can be that tool. Um, so uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for purchasing my books and for sending me all the wonderful notes and messages of encouragement. You know, um, I'm here on the other end of the microphone and um, it just blesses my heart to know that you are being encouraged and blessed through the books, through the podcast. And so thank you for being here. Thank you for being such an incredible audience. And more than anything, thank you for being such incredible parents for going against the grain, for saying to yourself, even though you might be terrified, (laughs) I'm going to do this for the sake of my kids. You guys, our kids are so worth it. The enemy wants our children. And I And nothing makes me happier and more joyful than to see so many parents standing up and saying, not on my watch. These are my kids. I will make the decisions when it comes to how they're going to be raised, what they're going to be taught. Um, You know, God is going to honor that. And and so I'm just going to pray for you right now, parents. Lord, I lift up every parent listening. Maybe they're thinking about homeschooling. Maybe they're on the fence. Maybe they've decided to jump in. Maybe they're new. Maybe they've been doing this for a while and maybe they've been doing this a long time. At the end of the day, God, thank you for each and every one who has decided to stand firmly and to trust you and to take their children back, to say, no, these are our children, that the God of the universe has given us, and we will be faithful to raise them as warriors for the Lord to bring salt and light to this earth after we have trained them, after we have instilled God's word and his ways in them, and we have prepared them for the battle, we will send them out. But right now, our job is to be faithful, to walk in obedience, to raising these children the way he has called us to. None of us does this perfectly, but oh Lord, I can attest to the fact that I have messed up so many times, but I was determined to stay the course. And you poured out your grace and your mercy on all of it. You took the little that I had to offer and you made it more than enough, Father, like the loaves and the fishes. God, I brought you the the little crumbs that I had, the few loaves, the few fishes, and you multiplied it and made it more than enough for eight children. You will do the same for these parents. God, pour out your spirit on them. Fill them with your joy because we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Father, fill their homes with your peace and your presence. God, thank you. Thank you for these parents. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.